Amen. Well, if you enjoyed worship this morning, can I get an amen? Oh, thank you. So good to be uh, in the house of the Lord. What a beautiful day God's given us to be here. Uh, they were talking about being all cold, and then I got up this morning, and it was sun shining, and it just uh, put a smile on my face to start with. So I'm glad to be here, glad that you're here. Uh, God is, is going to, I hope, just really uh, uh, speak to our hearts today. Uh, today is not going to be comfortable, all right? So, uh, so wherever you're at in your seat right now, uh, just start, start, start moving around because it's not going to be comfortable. But before we get there, I, 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 heard, I heard about this guy. You remember those old country stores, the old country stores, kind of like Cracker Barrel, right? They had, they had the, the porch out front. And this guy, he was walking up to this old country store. He was about to go in, but he saw this little boy and a dog. Uh, sitting there, and, and the little boy's just whittling away on a stick, and uh, he, he says hi, and then he says, son, does, does, your, does your dog bite? And then they, the boy looked up and he said, no, sir, my, my dog doesn't bite. And uh, so the guy, he reached down, he tries to pet the dog, and the dog about takes his arm off. And he jumps back, he says, son, I thought you said your dog didn't bite. And he said, sir, that's not my dog. Right? Today, we're going to actually have a couple of different sermons, all right? The first part of uh, our message this morning is, is about excuses. Uh, we make excuses, don't we? And, and who do we make excuses to the most? Ourselves. And then the Lord. I'm with you. Uh, so this morning, we're going to look at the top 10 excuses that Christians make for not sharing their faith, all right? So as we dive into this, I want you, I want you to think about each and every one of those and, uh, of these and think if, if you make that excuse. There are some of these on this list that I'm going to be upfront and honest with you. I make these as excuses with myself. So I'm not trying to point out anybody else's problems. I'm trying to point out our, all of our problems, okay? Number one, the, the biggest excuse people make for not sharing their faith is being spiritually illiterate, okay? What that means is that uh, I don't feel comfortable sharing my faith because what if somebody asks me a question about the Bible that I don't know. And if I don't, if I don't give them the right answer, then uh, I'm going to lead them astray. So, so I better not share the gospel because they might ask me something that I don't know. Again, I tell you, my friends, this morning, number one is this. It's not your job to worry about that. Okay? Our job as Christians is to be God's disciples, we are to be His. We are to be learning about Him and following His instructions. We are to obey Jesus Christ because He is our Lord and Master. Amen? Okay, so because of that, we don't need to worry about fear and especially fear of giving the right answers. Because as long as we are in our Bibles, as long as we are studying our Bibles, as long as we are praying and asking God to show us where to go, as long as we are doing our part with God, then God is going to guide us and direct us to the people who need to hear the message. 
And in so doing, he is not going to put us in a position where we don't know. He's going to provide, in other words. And then yet, sometimes, if you are really faithful in sharing your testimony, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, there will be somebody who asks you a question that you don't know. And you know what you need to say at that point, that the question that you don't know is, I don't know. And it's okay to not know. But you don't leave it there. You say, I don't know, but hey, come with me and let's both find out. God is not going to leave you in a place where you are put in a position where there is going to be uh, any any animosity to you. He's going to guide you, direct you. He's going to bless you. We are to be disciples and we are to follow him. Don't, don't let the fear of not knowing your whole Bible stop you from sharing God's word. Number two, excuse is this, uh, growing uh, inclusiveness. What that means is, is the worldview that we're seeing more and more of that all roads lead to heaven. Every church, every denomination, every religion leads to heaven. So uh, if, you, if you adopt this kind of worldview, then that worldview tells you that you don't need to share the gospel. You don't need to tell people about your story because all roads are going, they're going to get there one way or another. We don't need to have that ideology, uh, ideology that worldview to be part of us. This, the third excuse is uh, many people say uh, they don't believe in hell. They don't believe in hell. Many, many people believe, they say they, they love God, they believe in God, they believe in heaven. Uh, they don't think that a, 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 a loving God would, would send anybody to hell. Mm. And if you adopt that kind of worldview, then that takes away your urgency to let people know that there's a choice to be made. Amen? And the Bible is very clear in how it depicts God and, and, and who God is and what he is. God is almighty. There is one God. He is holy. But there was a rebellion in heaven. The, the angels rebelled against, some of the angels rebelled against God, and they fell. And in their evilness, they've come down to earth. And now in our rebellion against God, we have a choice to make. Whether to believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior or believe in ourselves. And folks, if you believe it or not, there's a God, there's a heaven, there is a hell. The fourth excuse uh, many people make, and this is probably the biggest, is he? Amen. I mean, I can tell it on this one as well. Pass it to doing things in the fourth that, that, that take me away from sharing the with people. Busy, and, and I, I totally understand. It, it, it's a busy world, and we fast food generation. We want to quit everything. God, for we got to put our homes. Things. Let me ask you this: When don't we always find time things that we want to do? Hmm? Don't we always find time for those things that are most important to us? Can I tell you today that the most important thing in the world? is a relationship with Jesus Christ. Can I tell you that the most important thing in the world is for my family? Can I tell you this morning that the most important thing in the world is for my cookers to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Can I tell you that it is most important for neighbors to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? There's nothing that should move us to be so busy that we can't share the love of Jesus Christ with our Number five, of course, is the the fear of rejection. Research shows us that uh, one in four unchurched people, one in four, 75% of the people that are unchurched that you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with, you share your testimony with, you begin a a dialogue about the gospel with, with, are going to be open to hearing and starting a dialogue with you. Now, that leaves 25%, that one in four that, that may have some hostility or animosity to the gospel and your presentation. But understand this, the things that you are bringing, most of those people who something against the church or against God have had a prior thing happen in their lives that some kind of bitterness or anger towards God or the church. It's not. They're rejecting. Rejecting. Our job be faithful and true to personal work. It's their job to whether they did or not. This excuse we, we have is, is very popular in our is, is the desire tolerant. Tolerant. We've heard this word over you know, uh, six years, uh, predominantly more and more, that, that Christians just aren't tolerant. And, and because of it, d- different things are being allowed into the church. Let me tell you what, we, we as Christians are to take our, our, our responsibility into the world uh, exactly as God has brought himself to us. God is all-loving. Amen. God is, is a God of great mercy and love. At the same time, God is not tolerant of sin. We are just like Jesus. Love the sinner, but hate the sin. We bring forth and on the pulls on the word of God. God same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. God's great love and mercy and grace and kindness, and he is great to forgive. But let's understand this, and let's be very clear that God does not tolerate sin. God will not have sin in heaven. And God is a jealous God of us. He, he adores us to the point he created us. He, we are his, his, his most gracious uh, 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 creation. And he gave us the message of Jesus Christ that the world needs to know that the way into God is a narrow path. There is only one way to heaven, and that is by the name of Jesus Christ, the name that is above all. He is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. So even though we, uh, we tolerate people and we love people where they're at, we do not tolerate the sin, and we do not bring that into the church. The seventh excuse is that we lose the habit of witnessing. We, you know, habits, the habit of witnessing is just like the habit of exercise. Anybody got out of the habit of exercise? It's easy to do, right? You know the great thing about God giving us these bodies, God life, is that even if we lose a habit, we can also regain it. We also get back into the habit 
Witness is a discipline. It's something that you have to be all about doing. Witnessing is about picking up God in your Bible and being ready to go out in the world. We've got to be disciplined. Can't use that as an excuse. The eighth is a lack of a... You know, it's easy to float through the world and day by day without doing any kind of witness, without doing any kind of ministry before, before our world when we're not accountable to anybody. That's why God gave us a church. That's why God gave us small groups. That's why God gave us Sunday school classes. Let me ask you, Sunday school classes, is your Sunday school class intentional about sharing your faith? We need to be accountable to one another. We need to step up. We need to be ready and pushing each other to being intentional about sharing faith. Ninth is we're lazy. Can I get an email? We, we fail to invite people. We f- fail to encourage people. We pe- fail to tell people about Jesus because we get lazy. And, and, and let me tell you what, this, this, is, this is one that's on my list. And I, don't, I can't tell you how many times I thought, man, I need to call that person. I need to talk to that person. But I got busy. But in fact, what it is was I was lazy. I didn't get it done. It's told me to do it, but I didn't do it. I was lazy. But I used it as an excuse. Number 10 of the 10 excuses church members use about not sharing faith is this. The church is not intended to reach the lost. Can you believe that? That, that, that made the list, the top 10 reasons why we can't. I, I, I remember something back in, in Sunday school. You know, Here's the church. Here's the steeple. You open it up and what? <laughs> Here's the people, right? You know, there's, there's become this idea that, you know, the, the, the church doesn't need to reach people. The pastor is supposed to do that. Well, in, in, in one sense, they're correct because the pastor and the minister in the church are part of the church. And we all have been given the Great Commission. Amen. So we all have to do our part to reach people. But God gives the church and the commission to each and every one of us to go and reach. The, uh, the, the, the ability to reach people and reach the lost is not the pastor's job. The Bible clearly states that the pastor's job actually is to, uh, to encourage and equip the people to go out of the gospel of Jesus Christ to the people and bring them back so I can encourage and equip more people to do the same. So those are the top ten excuses that we've seen. So there's something we have to do right now as we talk about that. God is speaking to each and every one of us, myself included. We all make excuses in why we're not reaching our world for Christ, for why we're not reaching out and doing more for the kingdom of God. We all understand. I've heard so many amen. There is only one great important thing in this world, and that, that is, that's how you're going to leave this world. Are you going to leave it knowing Jesus or not? Because it's the most important thing because that depends upon your eternity. Now, this little gap of life that we have right now is nothing compared to eternity. So, my friends and my church family and, and, and my beloved friends that are with us today, we just live, and as God has convicted us of this list, there's one thing that we can do here today. And that is, we have recognized that you are an excuse maker just as I am, then we need to repent. Repent, that's a church word we use, it means turn around. 
It means we're going down this way, we've been acting this way, but we need to act in what God has told us to do. We need to repent. We need to ask God for forgiveness for not doing what he has called us to do. And we need to start obeying, proving to the world that we love him. So, so right now, into the second part of our message, I, I, I just ask you to close your eyes. I ask you how your head. Nobody, nobody looking around. Uh, this is just between you and God. If you're here this morning and, and God has, has convicted you of making excuses, I want you to step out on a limb and, and, and raise your hand just quietly. Nobody around. Nobody else needs to know. Nobody else needs to, needs to understand. Thank you. And now I, I would ask you to pray with me. Father, I, I just come before you this morning. And I thank you for your amazing love and your grace. But Lord, as we've looked at just these ten things this morning that show us where we fail you, Father, I ask for your forgiveness. Father, I'm sorry for the times that I've made excuses and not shared your gospel in front of the people that you have given me. Father, I pray for our congregation who feels the same way. Father, I ask that you would help us. Lord, we repent. And as we've repented, God, we thank you so much for your love and, and your, your promise of forgiveness. So, so God, we, we claim your, your forgiveness, and we thank you for that, Lord. Now, Father, I just pray that you would help us as we go out from this place today, Lord, that we would be intentional in sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with those that we come in contact with. Father, you are good, and we praise your holy name. Amen. I thank you. I, I, I warned you, right, that today was going to be uncomfortable. As we move on, there's, there's two, uh, two main texts that I want to get to today. John chapter 1 and Matthew chapter 13. As you go to John chapter 1 uh, to start with, we have the story of, uh, of Jesus calling the disciples. And more specifically, this story is uh, Philip and, and his encounter with Nathaniel. And as, as Jesus is calling his disciples, this is an amazing, uh, amazing um, uh, story that we were going to get into. You know, as, as we think, and as we've been, we've been having this emphasis of who's your one, uh, when we think about who's your one, it's, it, it, in our culture, one is, is really a small number. One is very insignificant, right? Uh, I mean, really, who can eat just one potato chip, right? Uh, who, who, how insignificant is one penny, really? I, I mean, yet, in, in thinking about that, I am reminded of, of that great story about the starfish. You remember the starfish? There was 100,000 starfish washed up upon the shore one day, and, and, and a little girl was down at the shore, seashore, and she's, she starts picking up these, these starfish and throwing them back in the water, and this guy walks by. He's like, there's hundreds and thousands of starfish here. They're going to die. You're, you're wasting your time. You're not making a difference at all. Why are, you, why are you even doing that? And she reached down. She picked up this starfish. She threw it back in the, world, in the water, and she said, what? I made a difference to that one. Man, can you imagine if nobody ever witnessed or, 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 or shared the gospel with Billy Graham? That one made a big difference, didn't he? 
There, one is so significant. And in our Bible, we see it over and over again, the significance of the difference that one makes. We, we we're going to look in just a little while about uh, the story of the pearl of great price. We look also in the Bible, we remember the story of the one lost sheep. We remember the prodigal son, that one wayward son that was lost. We look at all these things and then we think about our theme for the crusade. Our theme for the cra- crusade is unashamed. And we get this theme from Romans chapter 1, verses 16. And it says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek. There is great power of salvation and it comes to one. After one, after one. See, when we understand and we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that leads us to be intentional with the gospel. It leads us to have a burden for the people around us. It leads us to want them to be saved and know the grace and mercy of God as we know it. The, the, in John chapter 1, as we look at this text today, Philip is, is going to Nathanael. Look at verse 45. Philip says, Now Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, and he said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no uh, deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under a fig tree. <laughs> Do you believe in me? You will see great things more than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. How awesome is that text? I love that text. I, I get mesmerized by, by this encounter and, and what is going on here. Is, and, and what we have to understand as we look at this is the culture and, and how desperate uh, the people, the, the Jewish people were for liberty. Man, we take liberty for granted, don't we? But they were under Roman rule. They were slaves to the Romans, and they so longed for their independence. And they were looking and they were hoping and they were praying for the Messiah to come. But what happens when, when Philip comes to Nathaniel and says, Hey, we have found him. He, we found him. He, he's Jesus, the son of, of Joseph from Nazareth. What, what, what is Nathaniel's first reaction? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? See, what happened, I, I, I figured this out. Nathaniel... See, back, back in that day, one of the Jewish, uh, one, of the, one of the games that they played was called Three Sticks, and you, you, you had a deal, and you, you saw how far you, you could jump. 
See, what happened was, because uh, uh, Nathaniel was from Bethsaida, see, the, a kid from Nazareth came and beat him at three sticks once, and he was bitter for the rest of his life. See, it's like all those people that don't like Davis, right? No. But, but there was just something going on here, and uh, Nathaniel's first reaction is, can anything good come out of Nazareth? But does Philip leave it there? Now, Philip does something amazing here, and I, and I hope we take it all, for, all to heart. Philip didn't stop. He, 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 he told him that this was the Jesus from the Old Testament. This, this is the one that we've been longing for. This is the one we've been hoping for. And he, and he said, well, you know, if you don't believe me, Philip said these three words. Come and see. Come and see. See, when, when we're, we're sharing and we're inviting people and we're telling people about our story and how Jesus Christ is, has, has, has changed us. See, our story and our things today are, 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 aren't any different than the Bible. The more Bible I read, the more I see ourselves inside of it all the time. And, 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 and they were struggling in, in, in being slaves to the Romans at this point. And, and, you know, we're not slaves to an oppressor of a different country, but, but I, I, do you see? see slavery all around you? Are, are you tired of the, the way that the world is going? I don't know about you, but I see sla- people in slavery every day. How many people in our community are enslaved to drugs and alcohol? How many people in our community are enslaved or, or addicted to pornography and different things like that? Can, can it, do you see it? Are you sick of it? Are you tired of it? I know I am. I mean, I, I, I just it, it, it makes me sick. I, I want God to come back so quickly because get, 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 get us out of this place, right? There's so many people that are, 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 are just being hounded and, and frustrated with all these things, all these different kinds of slavery. And what do they need? And sometimes they're not going to listen to you. And sometimes they're, they're going to push you away. They're going to continue to push you away. But if we continue to show them the love of Jesus Christ and we say, come and see what Jesus Christ did to me. Come and see why I don't live my life the way I used to live my life. Come and see what God can do with you. Come and see how many people in our world would be changed just like Nathaniel was changed as soon as Nathaniel heard Jesus Christ, as soon as Jesus told him, hey, I saw you under the fig tree, that's all it took. He just needed to hear the word of Jesus. And then he said, you are the one. You see, how do people be, get saved? Do you know how people are saved? People are saved by hearing the word of God. So we need to be intentional in giving them the word of God, sharing scripture with them, but also getting them to hear it. Hear the word. Hear the preaching. We need to be intentional in how we do that. When we are intentional in it, the truth is that people will come to know Jesus Christ. Salvation will come. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. And uh, there's just this little short, short little parable here, this short little blurb. Matthew 13, verse 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant in searching for a fine pearl 
who on finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and he bought it. You know, we, we look at that and that, that, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense to us. I mean, pearls are nice, but uh, I mean, I'm not going to sell my home, my car, uh, all that I have to buy a pearl, right? Well, that's why we need to understand uh, the culture and the things of this time. At that moment in the Bible, when that was written, those words were pinned down. Uh, the pearl was the most valued thing on earth. You know why? Because it's great cost in finding it. It's great rareness in the world. You know, they didn't have uh, scuba gear. They didn't have the different things that we have today to, to generate and make pearls. They had to go and find the oysters that made pearls, and they had to do it by diving. And there were many people who dove down into those waters trying to find that, that oyster that had that great pearl in it that didn't make it up. So many people died trying to find those pearls that that pearl became the most expensive thing, the most treasured thing in the world, and that people would actually and literally sell everything they had to have one pearl. And that, and, and that the picture of this is, should be great to us as we look to heaven and we see the greatness of God. That coming to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, coming to know Him and being friends with Jesus is more and greater than even having the great pearl. What, my friends, is more important than an eternity with God. There is nothing in this world, nothing in this world compares to an eternity with Jesus Christ. So therefore, knowing Jesus is worth selling everything I have to know Him, to be with Him, and find Him. That is how precious it is to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It is the most important thing in the world. This week, is, as we start to close, this week um, we lost a good friend. Went to, went to a funeral Wednesday of a good friend of mine, Lloyd Pearson. Lloyd Pearson, you might think it's weird that I would call him a good friend. He's 96 years old. Well, Lloyd and I got to know each other at church, and we became friends. We talked all the time. Lloyd, uh, just an incredible life. Minor league baseball player, laid, led the minors in, in hitting and pitching one season down in Corpus Christi. Lloyd uh, was a World War II veteran. He was in the Battle of the Bulge. I'm sure you've heard of that. Lloyd, uh, I got him to come share with our youth group one time about his life. And he didn't want to do it. He, you know, veterans don't like to talk about their experience too much. But I told him, Lloyd, you know, 
it's important that these young people don't, don't just look in history books and read about the things that you did, but that they know your story. And I, our whole youth group just fell in love with Nina Jamal. Lloyd told us one time that uh, he was saved right before the Battle of the Bulge. And, and, and one of the reasons that brought him to salvation was uh, because he was fearful of his life. He said that he really thought that everyone in his battalion would, was going to die. Not because of the Germans, because of the cold. If you ever just Google the Battle of the Bulge, you'll see uh, incredible pictures. He said he'd never been that cold in his life. But he was saved, and his life was changed, and, and God saved him from that war and brought him back, and he had a, he had a, had a good life. And one of the things that always I will take with me from Lloyd is this, is the way that he referred to God. You know, and about God, our Father, and Lord. But with Lloyd, every time he talked about God, it was the good Lord. The good Lord's been so good to me. The good Lord is awesome. The good Lord's precious to me. And what Lloyd did in his life, and I, I don't know, we may have some other people who are here at that serve, but unfortunately for a lot of elderly people, 96-year-olds, their funerals are kind of smaller. Because why? Well, mo- most of their, their friends have gone. And, and if they don't have a lot of family, the, the services are usually even smaller, right? Lloyd's funeral was packed. Lloyd lost his wife several, several years ago. Lloyd didn't have any children. But Lloyd was an intentionality. He was intentional in making friendships. He was intentional in telling people about it. He was intentional about loving people. He was intentional about investing more than himself. He was intentional in invading the kingdom of God. Lloyd never preached a message in his life. But Lloyd Pearson made a difference in the kingdom of God because he loved the good Lord. I have a challenge for each and every one of you here today. Our challenge is this. It's simple. We have a message of hope. Amen? We have the good news. God has given us the responsibility of taking the good news to the world. I want to challenge each and every one today. Will you be intentional in taking the good news of Jesus Christ out there after we leave this place today? Will you be intentional in sharing your story with your co-workers? with your family and your friends. Folks, I want to do great and mighty things amongst us.
but we are his hands and feet. We are the ones that he has left here for such a time as this. And we are not to be ashamed of the gospel. As we close this morning, will you stand with me? We're going to stand and we're going to have a word of prayer. And they're going to do business with God. However, God is speaking to you today. He's giving you that one that you have been assigned to pray for, to talk to, to tell, come see. Will you do that? If you're here today and you know that God has brought you here specifically today to hear this message because you are one that needs salvation. That if something were to happen today and you were to pass from this life, if you don't know where you're going to spend eternity, and if that eternity is not in heaven, then you need to do business with God. We want to show you that. We'll show, open the scripture and tell you how you get saved today. But you need to do business with God. You need to be obedient to him. Will you take that challenge? Father, we just come before you, and I just thank you so much for this congregation, these people.